Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 267. And wait, we go. Oh, Rachel, get a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We are about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Oh, so take a shot. Oh, yeah. I'm a street breaker. I'm a heartbreaker. This is my dog. I'm a more breaker. Strict plan, nature boy. About to seek and destroy. It's an SOW. Let me hear you make noise. Take a shot, boy. Is that the message you got? We about to go live, but you're ready to rock. So take a shot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 267 of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Play, and I'm in a good mood because Marcus Schwann is not here. Mark Schwann is currently uh, convalescing. He's still upset that Cardi B had to pull out from SummerSlam, and he's the world's biggest Cardi B fan. Not many people know that. So filling in for his very, very small feet, my original co-host, Green Man's back. Green Man, what's going on, buddy? Dude, it is a pleasure. It is our homecoming episode. You know, we're getting the band back together. It, it's it's a great time for wrestling fans. It's a great time to be a podcaster. It's a great time to be alive. I forgot you give long answers. But it's not just Green Man <laughs> joining us. We have a very special guest, and I mean very special, the voice of A Shot of Wrestling, Shane Fair, Shane Fair, Shane Fair, Shane Fair, Shane Fair, Shane Fair, Shane Fair. Doing a little dance. I know it doesn't really uh, translate well to audio, but I am doing a little shuffle. So. The brains and innovator of basketball. What's going on, buddy? How, how was the uh, how was the show? Oh well, you know, oh it was great. I, you know, I'm 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 happy it's uh I'm happy it's over in a way. Yeah, I'm sad it's over in a way. You know, it's like a it's a lot of emotions this week. You know, and post uh, a little bit of a. Uh, shittiness i got you know a couple copycats right away which was fine but then uh when i kind of defended my baby i got uh, attacked on twitter by some of the toxicity that um you know exists so that kind of ruined the experience for me toxicity this week on i have twitter? to say no yeah i know what? who, who would have thunk it it uh makes facebook look you know like yeah. a positivity you know a camp or something it's was you know Shane, so, okay. so break it break it down to us what happened what happened on twitter well, yeah, I, I didn't mean to start off like this. I'm sorry, but uh, it, was like, <laughs> it was like we're gonna oh. we're gonna start at the end and work our way front. <laughs> I like it exactly. Right, we'll, we'll get out of the the, the shite and get into the uh, the happy part of it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I don't know. There was imitators right away, which is great. You know what I mean? Like I want people to uh, go on and uh, you know use wrestling to raise money for different charities and stuff. So long as it doesn't wind up that we're all drawing from the same trough yeah. and, uh, you know, it just impedes all our efforts that, you know, at some point, but, uh, it was like, you know, three days later, there was already like talk of like copycats. It's like, could you just let it shine for just, just a week? You know what I mean? And I have no, you know, they always say like imitation is the highest form of flattery, but it's really the lowest form of creativity. It's like parasitic, mm. you know what I mean? On some levels. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I tried to stay in my lane purposely. I tried to uh, even run on a Sunday so that it wouldn't affect any other promotions. I tried Smart. to create a whole new lane, you know, instead of just having a wrestling fundraiser or something like that. I tried to just, you know, so I was hoping like, you know, the inspiration that would be drawn from that is the creativity in which to uh, 
you know, raise money for different causes that are important to people, not just solely copy off it or, you know, try to take the ball and run with it in different directions, so to speak. But so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It, it just, it was like my baby. It's like, I lived with my baby for uh, like, you know, and all the, the stress and everything that went into it for, for people to just want to like duplicate it instantly, kind of like hit me a wrong way. But I spoke to um, Pete from VXS, who I, I, I like very much and I respect very much, who's like a, a really uh, almost becoming like one of my oracles. And that's like that, that, that sacred phrase that I use often. Like, uh, but he told me like, you know, he sent me, um, you know, from the Nas tapes, that song, No Ideas Original. And he's like, just listen to this. So he was like, so I listened to that and uh, it gave me some insight. I'll never listen to that song, you know, the same. And he taught me about like the instances where he felt that he was duplicated and how he dealt with it and everything like that. So like, uh, he gave me a lot of insight and it, he was like, it was sick. It was like divine intervention that he uh, messaged me because I feel like uh, he's the only one in the world that really knew precisely how I felt this week. And uh, I don't know if he sensed that I was very down or like a disturbance in the force. So I was like very uh, depressed over it this week. For some reason, it just hit me in a strange way. And um, I don't know the way he approached me and gave me his insight based on his past experiences was like something that I really needed this week. So that was important. Now, obviously, Shane, we're talking about basketball. We've been promoting yes, it uh, for months <laughs> now. Uh, but if there are if there are new listeners onto yes, the sir. show today, uh, what is basketball? What is this this vision that you had that you brought to life on August first? Full disclosure: everything happened at uh, Synergy, and everything kind of we were all heartbroken. A lot of us uh, very um, personally invested in that product professionally, and uh, you know everything that went into the making of that product. The fact it was live. Uh, you know, everybody really stepped the game up when that became live and everything. I was uh, the resident announcer there very late in the game. I was uh, like the same week that everything went down. I was named resident announcer. Wow. And um, I don't know. A lot of us are very emotionally invested in that product. And a lot of us uh, were very supportive of its founder and owner. And when things happened with him, uh, a lot of us were very, uh, you know, emotionally hurt by it. And um, I think we felt... Like we were put in a, a bad position where uh, we wanted to do something to change things and couldn't immediately do it. Or we wanted to do something positive to like uh, kind of right the wrongs that that person had uh, kind of inflicted. So um, I, I wanted to help children and I wanted to help children involving the people that were the core talent of that of Synergy. So um, basically we reunited the band and what what was strange is uh it all kind of fell into place because i knew um of like several people that were part of that roster that all played basketball together communally that they met extracurricularly and uh played basketball together so it seemed like you know like the framework was already there like we should play basketball we should get it together and we should um you know involve involve a children's charity there was a young fan at Synergy. Uh, I know that she had been a uh, part of the Miracle League of Mercer County. And I was a, a very good friends with the mother. And you'd see that uh, the joy that it brought her in specifically. And I was like, you know what? It's all, you know, all the pieces are there. It's like, you just have to like put it together. It was like, you know, they all presented, you know, all the routes that you needed to go with this project were all right there. So um, I got every, you know, got the, the band together so to speak i reached out put the feelers out for the people who were like you know that i wanted to be the core uh yourself included you know so um 
and got everybody together and um you know chose the miracle league of mercer county as the charity that would be the recipient of you know this positivity and that's what we set out to do at the end of april with a goal of five thousand dollars so i picked that number basically out of the air with like no respect for how much work that would be to get to that number and you know eventually surpass but uh that was it you know we say kind of and i needed it too because like like late in life you kind of like you don't have that stick to where you just like you know you, you've i feel like i can't when it's something for myself i can't see a project from start to finish often where it's like i can put all my whole you know uh, effort and uh, love into it so if it was somebody else that was relying on me and something that you know it was like an effort of love and it involved people that you know like once i got the snowball moving there was no way to like stop its you know its movement and um it kind of forced me to be um active and to um, be productive so i needed that kind of you know so it was a good exercise for me and uh, getting off my ass and like really you know applying myself to uh, you know something so it was a good effort in that it was a good effort and uh you know a litmus test on the business you know where it's like i got a taste of being a promoter where i wasn't going to be harshly criticized as like oh you know his event needed this or it should have had more tag matches or it should have you know i'm the weird you know i don't think anybody would ever critique that but you know but just like you know whatever the critiques would be like i wouldn't fall under that um you know that judgment because of something so far out of the box so uh you know, I had the luxury of that. So how long from the initial thought process until tip-off was it? Was it You said you mentioned April. Was it a couple months? Did you have this idea longer? How long did it take for this to come to fruition? Um, okay. I think I, I just got, I just got a, like a notification the other day. It was an April 30th post. I think on the April 30th post, I announced – I think I announced the event without the venue. So I think um, – that was the first thing. So my first piece was to get GoPro uh, production involved because I like I w- I love their production. I love their production style and like their 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 framework and I love the team themselves. So um, that was the first piece. I I got GoPro involved and then then I picked the date and everything. So I think this happened at the end of um, April. So okay. it went from April to August first would be the tip off. So. Not bad. Shout out to GoPro because I totally oh, um, agree in that sentiment. Anytime that I've been at an event that GoPro has uh, been there to support them visually with their broadcast, oh, it they bring so much value to that product. So much you know value. They and the team is so great. They didn't say anything the other night, but like uh, there's so many people I have to thank. Like, you know, it's like a, a different. I, I try to thank as many as I can, and I know I leave some out. Then the next time I have I have that opportunity, I try to remember the people I didn't before. The night of basketball, GoPro production got like zero dap. They got zero thank you, and it wasn't like a slight on my half. It was like I was very nervous. I you know at halftime I thanked just a you know few people, and then like uh, I, I planned on speaking more, and it just didn't work out that I didn't. And like. Uh, I feel like they were so slighted because of the amount of work. First off, the production fee, they gave me a reduced production rate for the event, right? Mm-hmm. So they gave me up uh, so 500 bucks. What was the reduced production rate? Okay. Which was ridiculous because they, they went and covered the draft live. So they live streamed the, the draft on Twitch. And then they were able to help me, uh, you know, maintain my connection with IWTV and, uh, 
live stream the event. And not only did they live stream it, they uh, utilized a, a replay uh, feature that they never used before. They used that scoreboard that they never used before. You know, this was something that was so foreign for them and they had to believe in it. And then the night of the event, they got like zero thank you. Michael James Sesco, I love from the bottom of my heart. And I think he he's just such a good friend that he wouldn't tell me he was disappointed that I, like that that happened. But like I could sense it and like the days following, it's like, you know, um, like hindsight everything is 2020 and you start looking back at the event you start picking it picking it apart and what could have been different what you overlooked what you had you know planned to implement that just never happened and such like that and that was like one of the biggest takeaways is like that uh gopro didn't get the thank you that they you know they really should have and like the whole team came out like you know Brittany, uh you know sam was there o'neill connor darren uh you know and i probably forgot somebody and i'm gonna screw up again right so but no, but like uh, I felt really bad after that, you know. So, Michael James Sesco, I apologize, you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're taking the opportunity now to thank them. Um, if anybody who's listening has not followed GoPro on social media, please do. Uh, they definitely do a great job producing a lot of the local uh, events and have a lot of connections with a lot of companies, not just in our area, but they're definitely expanding into other other arenas as well so shout out to gopro right and when aew is just kind of like feeling out their production you know like uh with a lot of like the uh the elite events and everything like that gopro mm -hmm. really like put that foundation down so like you know without a gopro sure. you know that elite uh you know being elite format really doesn't turn into aew like you know like they help that transition process you know like they're like one of the unsung heroes during that as well Not certainly the block party and everything else with these like reality competition TV shows, once the season wraps, production takes a couple weeks off, but then they start planning ahead for next season. Like, when will you start planning for mm. basketball two? Will there be a uh, okay? Well, oh, I released the graphic this week, so okay. like, uh, you know, thank you. Hot tag. Yeah, thank you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, could definitely uh, vouch for me that uh, that was kind of an emergency thing because it was. Uh, Z Z zips and wire or what do they say like uh in the wartime freight you know like somebody was uh you know we, we had to the urgency was a must we had to re release the uh the intentions for basketball too so I, I also think there was um the the great thing about your event was that it created such a buzz and such a uh you felt the positivity if you weren't there if you weren't watching and maybe you're one of the wrestling fans that just stays tuned to the internet to get your information you got the information mm -hmm. that basketball was something that if you missed it, you better hope that there will be another one because you will not make that <laughs> same mistake again. All right? Because so many right. people were tweeting about it. They were posting pictures about it, uh, doing uh, videos and memes and posts that it made, if you weren't there, it made you feel like you missed out. So you're hoping that there is going to be another one. So as much as, Shane, you want to say that, you know, it was a sense of urgency. I think the other urgency part of it was, you know, that the fans also wanted to know that this wasn't a one and done. Like I know I, right. you know, due to my injury, I wasn't able to pen. I'm like, I'm hoping there's another basketball. Oh, hell yeah, man. <laughs> and you know, you know, you know, you'll be a part of that more than just, you know, on the graphic. Then. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I was kind of torn on, you know, um, like announcing it so quick. I just wanted to like take a, you know, take a breather and everything like that. But uh, the, the one thing I have to take a breather on is the rosters because uh, 
that's the immediate stress. That is something that is killing me because uh, I want, you know, I have a list of names that I want to bring people in. I want to like cycle, you know, people in and you see people like, Oh, I can't wait to come back next year. And it's like, Oh, it's mm-hmm. like, I, you know, yes, thank you. But you know, but um, there's so much that's going to have to weigh into it, you know? And I think you should have qualifying games. I, you know what, Abe, you know, let's just not get you ahead. There's, there's things happening. There's things happening. I, I, but, I, think, uh, uh, I think summer 2022 is a long time away. Let's just say that. Let's just say that. There, qualifying. there are certain slots that will be a proving ground in order to maintain those slots. That's all I'm going to say. Whether What those um, parameters include, I, I, I won't say. But, you know, certainly it's... Um, it's in my mind that there are going to be, there is going to be proving ground for certain slots to be filled because it's only fair and everything, but it's so hard. Okay. I, you know, I have to cut down, I have to cut down the teams. That's one thing, you know, they were a little bit, it was just too many, mm. you know, we're going to have to increase the quarters to 15 minutes. That's, that's an average thing. Referees are a huge complaint. So I think we're going to do two and two, you know, that got, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to say like, you know, dump it on the roof. They did a great job and everything like that. And I'm proud of them because they, they had to officiate something that first of all, it is way outside their comfort zone. There's no point of reference for them to like uh, really do other than like rock and jock on MTV. So it was um, really difficult for them to, um, you know, find a footing. Right. And, uh, that, yeah, that's kind of like the the, the spirit. I, yeah. I kind of like. That. I didn't want the MC, the constant MC on the uh, mic during the game or something like that. I wanted to keep it a little bit, you know, more authentic of a game. And uh, you know what, Mike, we wanted to do. Um, I, I, I asked the group, "Do you want to do those?" Uh, remember, they had the ten point circles. We yeah, were able to shoot yeah, yeah. for like ten pointer. Yeah. Or a, they voted down that idea like really? thirty to nothing. Wow, it was something. Yeah, no one wanted anything to do with those point circles. <laughs> I was much, like, okay, much, no problem. Pressure. That's why I asked. That's amazing. I, I, I knew guess, the concept know, reminded me of something, and I, like that's what you said, the rock and jock stuff. From when I was a kid, it was like oh, amazing, genius. Right, right. I think that would probably be like the only inspiration I really had for it. Like you know, because I, I always like the, I always love the, uh, the the feel of those rock and jock games. Now earlier you mentioned baseball, especially. You pulled out like the five thousand number out of thin air. When when not only did you right. hit that, you exceeded it. How would you feel inside? Like, how did that make you feel? I think you almost doubled it, right? It's strange because like we doubled it. Yeah, we doubled it. We're over ten thousand. Yeah, so like you know ten thousand plus. It's you know so you know um, I I didn't really have much much respect for that number. I knew it was going to be tough, mm-hmm. but there was weeks that went by that I mean. I think it was two weeks that not a dime was put in the GoFundMe and it was like 600, 700 bucks. And I was like, this, this isn't going to happen. I have to, uh, I have to reinvent the wheel. I have to do something that's going to um, kind of stimulate this, this GoFundMe so that people see that it has legitimacy and it has that kind of uh, inertia that, you know, that they can respect it. So um, basically what happened was uh we did did an auction. So I'm like, we're gonna do uh, an auction. We did it uh, with Rob Williams and everything. And what he did was, uh, we did was, we got all, uh, donations from a bunch of uh, people and everything. Uh, Anthony Ivino from Pro Wrestling Magic, uh, Kevin Nasta. Uh, there was even like private donors, like fans. Anthony Fazio, of course, Abel. You know, he, he jumped in. You know, with the uh, the kendo stick. Yeah, right. You know, the uh, the, the salmon. You know, you wanted to do that. So there was the bit. Bunch of uh, items that we had, and um, as we sold them off, put it all in a GoFundMe. So, as the GoFundMe started to, uh, you know, 
receive all the the, the um, you know get get a little, a little bit closer to the goal. All of a sudden, people had more faith in it, and then the, the money started to go up. Now, once it exceeded the goal, then it got into like turbo mode. It was like people like oh, uh, it's it's strange about GoFundMe. They really only start to give once they they can make it absurd. Like once yeah. they see that it's exceeded the goal, like uh, that's where the energy in GoFundMe really lies. Like uh, not in getting to the goal and like doubling the goal and making it absurd. Like that, that's really where the. Uh, I think the people come out. So once it went over 6,000, you know, it started to just keep going and going. So you have the auction for, for next year. You have the draft. Um, what about a, a telethon? You should have a basketball Ooh. telethon. 24 like hours. Like a talent show. Cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> for like Uncle Floyd and like uh, Jerry Lewis. Yes, yes. You can be the Jerry Lewis of professional wrestling. Well, one thing, I'm going to start the fundraising earlier, so maybe uh, I'll have less sleepless nights. Oh, it aged me so much. We did an amazing thing, Shane. You're very proud of yourself. You you raised over $10,000 for what charity was it again? Uh, The Miracle League of Mercer County. Now, did you which tell- is uh, basically uh, allows uh, children with um, you know with special needs to uh, play in an, in an all-inclusive field where they have full access. Uh, it's a beautiful field in Sawmill YMCA in Mercer County, which is uh, also it, you know like, I, I always refer to like the the Jersey uh, Township things are like a Russian doll. It's like Mercer County yeah. is in Hamilton, is in Trenton, yeah. is in like you know. So it's like it seems like <laughs> you just put it in the uh, Google Maps and it just melts down. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful program. It's a beautiful field. I was I was happy enough to um, get to see like the season ending. They're going to start their uh, their fall season very soon. So. Um, you know, it's a, it's a league that I think I wanted to make sure that the money was going to go to um, a charity that would be it would benefit from it readily and not it would just go to advertising to raise more money. It was going to like go right into, you know, something where you could readily see its impact. So this was a great charity you know, for that cause as well. Well done, man. You Shane, you're a good man. Congratulations, oh, thank you, congratulations for everything you pulled off. I know a lot of hard work went into it. So uh, and you did it. Congratulations. You feel very proud of yourself. Thank you so much, man. You know, it's like uh, put a lot of my own money into it. You know, I, you know, truth be told, it's like you know, I went like four G's deep, and oh, wow. uh, yeah. you know, it definitely hurt, especially after you know COVID and everything. But uh, it was worth it. It was definitely worth it. And um, Chad, like Minez, who's like uh, that's he's kind of like um, my sensei in the business. Like that's the guy. Um, you know, um, I Boardwalk Buds basically. Um, I, I worked Boardwalk Buds, and he took care of the uh, the payroll for uh, the you know the entire roster, which was like a beautiful oh. thing that he did. And uh, and I remember like uh, stacking tables on that last night, like at two a.m., and just like uh, he was the only one there, and like him and his uh, his son just uh, stacking tables and thinking like, wow, this is you know. I'm, I'm doing this all for the, you know, sweating and two in the morning stacking tables for this cause. It's like nobody sees it and like nobody's going to, you know, know Dude, like how much hard worker, man. I really wanted this to Chad. work, man. I really. And Chad is like, uh, he made it, he made it work for me. Like uh, the the last, the last thing that we did the last week, we, we had, um the we had a, first off, we had a win a day with Ray Kalitri. So he uh, did a slot auction and raised 400 bucks on its own. So that was amazing. Ray Kalitri raised $700 on his own for this charity. So if anybody's like, Oh, Ray Kalitri doesn't play basketball. Why? why Ray Kalitri will be on anything I ever do. Like, I I love that man. So, 
you know. But um, Maserati driving, booty diving, Ray Khalifa, baby. <laughs> the the But uh, so the the Kirks, um, the last week, uh, Brandon and um, Casey Cattell, they had um, you know, win a lunch with the Kirks, an, an auction, so a straight out auction. So the auction went up to five hundred bucks, right? Wow. So the guy wins messages Casey Cattell and says, all right, I'm ready for my lunch. And who is it? But Chad, Chad Menez, oh, wow. you know, put in 500 bucks to win a lunch. So just to support the cause at the end, after everything this guy did and after all the help, he put up the uh, insurance, uh, you know, so that I can uh, get the, the venue and gave me amazing advice all along. He's like, he's the closest I am to like anybody in the business. I love Chad, but um, he, um, went and bought this thing at the last minute for 500 bucks. It was like, how much more could he do? Wow. You know? So I know people, uh, you know, in Jersey, they have strong opinions about him, like good, bad and different, but that dude is like one of the, the best people I've ever known. So like, uh, he's, a good guy. he's always been a good guy with us here at a shot of wrestling. Awesome. Um, he, since, since the very beginning, the first time we met Chad also very, very nice guy. Always just, if you want to be a part of it and you want to support, he's there to support you right. as well. Oh, and definitely. He's willing to do whatever he can for the sport of professional wrestling. And he's such a hard worker. Like, I don't think he's the kind of person who just coordinates and just sits back and says, do this, do that. Like, he gets in there, man. Like, oh, you yeah. know, like there's no job too small for Chad to do. There's no job too big. He'll do it all. Um, if he has to, you know, oh, to, to see him at Boardwalk Buds where he was like, uh, he had a 200 vendor uh, convention going on. He had seven wrestling events during a weekend. He had a nightclub. He had a comedy club and he was running all these things with just like a limited staff because he's just so good at uh, like making these like manifesting his ideas into reality and everything. And he's like the king of Atlantic City. Like, you know, he's <laughs> he's. Um, He's really had such a history in uh, promoting events in that that area, and he brought wrestling back to Atlantic City. And you know, yeah. basically anybody that's running at the Showboat and all these places in Atlantic City, you know, Chad's the guy that kind of opened the door for that. You know, starting Absolutely. back with like uh, Roll of Dice, and uh, he, you know, he's, beat down. right, exactly, exactly. So, and each one's getting a little bit better. So you know, like he yeah. learned a lot of lessons from Boardwalk Beatdown, applied them to Boardwalk Buds, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. That was a great weekend. It was a long weekend, but it was it was a great weekend. Uh-huh. What stood out to me about Chad was we had a couple interactions with him with Boardwalk Beatdown and a couple of other th- shows we did for him with with him, I should say. Very nice guy. Treated us with a lot of respect. Very cordial when he didn't have to be, but he he was. What stood out to me was me and Abel ran into him in 2018, the Melrose Ballroom when Impact had their Bound for Glory weekend. Him and his son were there. I think like third or fourth row. Oh, and he, okay. And we saw. We said hi, and he just like treated us like we were his best friends like he didn't i only met him like two or three times yeah yet, like he was so like like oh my god how you guys doing wanted to know our whole story what we're doing there blah 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 and he's with his kid he didn't have to take the time out to to engage me and green man but he did and chad is a stand-up fellow we always respect that guy oh he really is yeah. and, and uh his son you know like you know i'm not gonna say his name just for like you know protecting him you know it was uh young kid and everything like that if you know the icw baby so i know his you know <laughs> i know a lot of people know him as that so this this kid like it's two in the morning right so it's like me and anthony bennett or um, or anthony bennett and i if you want to speak proper english <laughs> um we're, we're on the convention floor we're picking up these tables and um 
he's right. He's side by side with us. He's like, I want to help. You know, like he's, you know, little, little kid. I, I think he's, you know, he's what, uh, four, maybe, you know, I think maybe yeah. four, th- three years old. Yeah, so he's helping lift the tables. And, you know, I was like, if you want to help, you know, I was like, you're fine. And he had the pallet jack. So like we're, wow. we're pushing the pallet jack and like, you know, just steering him. It's like, if you want to help, you know, fine. And I was like, well, we'll show you the right way. And it's like, you know, kids busting his butt. Like, you know, like, what, what a great work ethic. And that comes from, you know, just Chad, you yeah, know, of course. Yeah. Down. And that, then at that point, it's hand. like if this kid is lifting tables and doing this at two in the morning, what's your excuse for not doing it? So it's yeah, like I have to be here, you know. It's like Chad's the kind of guy. It's like you want to be there first for before he arrives, mm-hmm. and I don't know. And then and then like you want to be the one that like leaves with him at the end of the night, you know. Make sure that sounds a little weird, but like uh, you know, you're, 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 like you know, like you're the last two, like you know, all the work is done. You know, it's like yeah. we're done here. Okay, like you don't want to like leave him with some kind of like you know workload to do so. Chad's the kind of guy we can spend all night stroking his ego, but we have some news to get into. You guys ready to get into it? Let's do it. (laughs) It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and the Green Man. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the news. I have some big news to talk about this week, but... We are recording the show Friday, August 6th, but uh, some breaking news just happened, but not even an hour ago. W has yet made more roster cuts as part of their ongoing, quote-unquote, budget cuts. This time affected NXT. Some big names that got released that have been confirmed have been Bobby Fish, Mercedes Martinez, Bronson Reed, Leon Ruff, Ari Sterling, Jake Atlas, Kona Reeves, Asher Hale, Giant Zangier, and referee Stephon Smith. All will have a 30-day no-compete clause. Now, according to PW Insider, there has been a lot of talks internally about major changes to the NXT brand, including a new logo, new lighting, focus on younger talent, complete overhaul of NXT. Um, so what's this company thinking here? What's going on? Like, NXT's doing well. Why retool it all of a sudden? I mean, these are all... Those seems to be guys they just released figures of, too. It's like, you know, like yeah. the, the recent, like, uh, figure line. You know, it's like uh, Strowman and, uh, you yeah. know, just like three, two other guys that you named. <laughs> it's every single time. And Bronson is also just doing these dark matches on SmackDown. That you could bring to, these are all great names that we could bring to basketball next year if they're still available. Uh, 30 days will be up. Uh, no compete. Uh, uh, Michael J. Putty, I don't understand. I got to be honest to you. Like, literally, it, I've, I've said it out in social media world. Like, this is the only way the WWE is making any headlines. Like, it's not based on their product. It is not based uh, on on what great things they're doing in their programming or the inclusion. Or It's literally, you're firing people, and this is the most important thing that we have to talk about, your promotion. It is horrible. It is completely horrible. Uh, but you did mention that uh, they were repackaging NXT. Now, WWE also mentioned a week ago that uh, the AEW was not competition, which to turn Cody Rhodes says that they are competition, but in the repackaging of NXT, it feels like NXT is looking as AEW's competition. So NXT brand versus the AEW brand coming more for that demographic, that younger team demographic. Kind of like, you know, if any broke, don't fix it because that's kind of been like the bastion of hope for uh, WWE all along where it's like, uh, oh, hang on to the products under the NXT flag. Yeah. But, um, now that they, you know, 
kind of want to overmanage that. Maybe what, what's going to go on? They change the color scheme. They're going to change the logo. It's like, why? It's the sacred cow. It's the one good thing that, you know, has been functioning for the last few years that, you know, it is that bastion of hope for, uh, you know, that hanger on WWE fan. Why, why taint it? Why, why ruin it? Stay the course. Week in, we got NXT's getting a lot of high reviews, a lot of praise, and they kind of re- they got a new logo. They got the new uh, CWC arena. So I thought they did retool it, but now I guess there's more retooling to be done? It just makes no sense. Like you said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but uh, they're breaking it and fixing it themselves, I guess. So Michael J. Putty and Shane, uh, the fan side of me does not understand why they're making these cuts, but thinking on the perspective of all right, I'm running this business, and we know all as, uh, you know, professional wrestlers, we've talked to them, we've worked alongside of them, you know, they all always say they have to evolve. They can't just stay stagnant. They always have to find what's next for them, what's part of their next evolution. So to say that NXT, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, that's where a promotion is going to run into trouble because you're not evolving. You're not moving with your demographic. You're not moving with your audience. You're giving them the same thing, but for how long could us as the audience say, all right, the same thing is good enough. You know, let them evolve. Let them see what else is coming next. So on that perspective, I am interested to see, you know, what is going to come about. I'm a little disappointed that their evolution could not include talents like Bronson Reed and Mercedes Martinez. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on. If you can't do anything with them, really. I would build a roster around them. A women's division with Mercedes Martinez, it's just money. I would love to see her in the Impact Women's Division, to be honest with you. If we're going to start talking about who goes where, Mercedes Martinez and Impact would kill it. Sometimes I feel like they just, they just um, they take some, so many people on their rosters just def- defensively as like a, you know, as a business move to, to remove a Mercedes Martinez from the marketplace. Like, even though they, they don't know what to do with her, it's just they, the one thing they do know to do with her is to remove her from the marketplace. And then uh, while they might not be able to find out a strategy to, uh, you know, to, to accommodate her under their brand, at least they take her off the marketplace, you know, which I think economically is more feasible just to pay her contract and to let her be a major success at Impact or AEW where she's going to display her talents and have that opportunity to showcase what she's capable of, you know? Well said. At this point where WWE is also, a lot of the talent could gain so much more by being released because there are so many other <laughs> options. I remember, uh, I think it was the Dark Side of the Ring documentary with Brian Pillman when they were discussing that, you know, WCW didn't want to give him more money and he went to WWF, but they weren't ready to sign him. So he created this persona. He created this mystique about him all by himself in the independent scene to kind of create this loose canon persona that made these two promotions want him. So who's to say that, you know, uh, Bronson Reed leaves the WWE, leaves NXT, doesn't go and make a bigger name for himself, returns in a year or two to the WWE main roster, more money. Mm. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and this might be the best thing that ever happened to him. True. See what happens. Before tonight's breaking news, the big news of the week was... Um... Bray Wyatt got released due to budget cuts. It was reported that these fingers are being pointed at President Nick Khan and Christina Salen, who are said to be, quote-unquote, so obsessed with the company not being even one iota in the red on the financial ledgers. Not only were us fans stunned, but a lot of W employees were stunned themselves. He was a huge merchandise seller, I think one of the top three in the company. He had a lot of things tied to his character. 
Bray Wyatt was growing creatively frustrated with his angles. He was very protective of his character as well. It was also noted that Wyatt and Vince McMahon's relationship was said to be hot and cold in terms of maybe one of the reasons that he was released. Television network executives are very upset about this because Bray Wyatt moved the needles in viewership. Now, was this the biggest surprise to date? And what does the future hold for Mr. Wyndham Rotunda? You know, it's uh, is this a salary dump? You know, is is there, you know, is that this Florida Marlins type salary dump, pre-sale <laughs> salary dump? Maybe. You know, you wonder, but when, when the company's worth billions, I mean, it's, it's just a drop in a bucket. So I don't I don't see it as that, you know, but um, it's just almost disrespect. You know, the, the guys carried the company over the last two years where, um, you know, the pan- during the pandemic, it really had to change the uh the whole perspective of, of the program and where where they were able to just focus on him solely you know with the fun house and you know with, with the uh, the fiend character it really uh he helped carry them through that you know because they had to obviously adjust their format and such like that so um he really gave wwe such a an out this last year and, and an opportunity uh profit machine yeah you know and without really having to be in the ring constantly so, you know, it really behooved them. And it's just such a slap in the face. You know, like like they say, how do you get rid of, like, you said top three? You want a top three merchandise sellers? Yeah. That fiend was pulling in money on that fucking mer- WShop.com, man. Seriously. And everyone loved them. Shane, Mike, I'll be honest with you, man. This pisses me off. This pisses me off because I've been a Bray Wyatt fan since the very beginning. Not only that, you've been a Husky Harris fan. From the very beginning from husky harris that's right from way back from the moment that dude debuted even then i had doubt on what wwe was doing if it was the best thing but when that dude debuted he was my guy like he went through that curtain and it it was a connection that i had that said yo this is my guy and i told mike mike i told you Keep your eye on this guy. I remember because that. Because this guy's going places. This guy knows what he's doing. This guy is awesome. Look how great he moves in the ring. For a guy his size to be moving that great, that agility that he has. But also, then he morphed into this Bray Wyatt New Orleans guy mm. character. And I was like, dude, I told you. And he just started ripping up layers. Like, an onion. you're just ripping up layers every year. And talking about an evolution mm. of a character. There has not been any other character that has not involved as much as Bray Wyatt has, I would say, since The Undertaker, okay? The Undertaker, Bray Wyatt, should be involved in the same conversation. This is a future Hall of Famer, and I am upset. I'm upset that he has been cut because he's one of the best things going. I'm upset at Fox and USA because those two big companies have nothing to say at this point but yet, when they want to get ratings up, put this person over here. Let's do a draft. Bring this person over. Sign this person. They want to, you know, wear their big boy pants in the meeting and say, let me be creative and try to make some money. Bray Wyatt is your money. Bray Wyatt is your money. And then fuck Vince, okay? Because if this was the real world, I, who have devoted so many years, time, creativity, money, sweat, tears, blood into a company to then get fired by a goon who was sent by Vince McMahon who says, oh, by the way, you've been released? Like, Vince, at this point, should be firing his top talent. If he has the balls to say you are released to a Bray Wyatt, he needs to go and say, hey, 
let me make that call. No, 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 no. I know your talent relations. I know this falls under your jurisdiction, but this is my guy. You know, this is someone we've invested in. This is someone who's invested in us. Let me give them the dignity of a phone call, not a text, not a letter, not, not, not just something that's mailed to them, a call. Let me meet you in person, Bray Wyatt. Let me let you know what's going down. I'm pissed. I don't like it. What is going on in the WWE? Should I keep watching? I, I don't know. My guy just left. I'm waiting to see where he, he signs next. Yeah, it's also, that's funny you say that, because it, it is like an insult to the viewer, too, because the viewer has sent a clear signal that this is somebody that they love, and, you know, be it through merchandise sales or viewership or everything else, you know, they've sent a clear signal that, you know, the Fiend is some, you know, Bray Wyatt is somebody they want to see. So to uh, release him is almost a slap into the face of the fan, you know. It shows, Absolutely. further shows that their, their uh, word, I mean, their opinion is not being taken, you know, into account or considered, you know, at all. And it, it's almost like a troll move. Last week we talked about with Mark how Carl Anderson received some texts from people on the Viva roster saying they're not happy where they are. How Vince even said there might be more, more of this coming if AEW, we might give them more talent. And Mark said, at this point, I don't, after Braun Strowman, nobody's safe. I think here's a clear example. You're releasing your top three merchandise seller. Someone you haven't really done much with since mm-hmm. WrestleMania. He's been off the TV since then. And you haven't really been on TV too much here and there. And now you're releasing Bray Wyatt. Someone who's beloved in the locker room. Everyone the fans loved. Wanted the team waiting for him to come back. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe in that locker room right now. I feel like Dick Khan and this other vice president are just so obsessed. Like, do they not know what wrestling is? Did, do not, they're so seem business oriented. There's a disconnect with like, oh, well, our, our business is based on our talent. If you want to waste money, you should be releasing one of your top three merchandise sellers. I feel like this is in Nick Khan. Every time there's a release cuts, it's always pointed at Nick Khan. I think Nick, Nick Khan's doing something like, What's going on with this guy? I think he needs to get released. Michael J. Putty, real talk now, if this was going down where you work, in your place of employment, how would it feel where, you know, the guy who you thought was untouchable, who's done so much, has been with the company for so long, and, you know, Michael J. Putty has been with his company for a very long time, over, what, 15, 15 years? 20 years. You know, 20 years. Been with, with the same company. Loyalty. And then... People just got let go. Do you become afraid? Does that affect your performance, your job performance? Does it make you hungrier to step up because now there's more responsibility? Or does it make you be like, yo, if that dude's gone, I'm next. I'm going to start shopping around. Well, if they release the guy you're talking about, good. He's a fucking dick. Uh, But I am scared now. My company's been sold to another company. So now my job is in question. So I am scared right now. What does my future hold? I don't know. But to come out of the blue like this, I, I can't imagine what he's going through. And now, again, the locker room, the, the rumor is the locker room morale is still pretty high. But I can't imagine how everyone's got to be walking on pins and needles now. How? Unless you're wow. like a Randy Orton, John Cena, Roman Reigns. Your job's in jeopardy here. Nick Khan doesn't give a shit about you. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Khan doesn't even watch the product. And now I think everyone's, everyone should be walking on uh, eggshells right now. Especially tonight with NXT, Bronson Reed, who's been... The United States champion, what, three weeks ago? He's had a tryout in SmackDown last fucking week. It just makes no fucking sense. Speaking of making no fucking sense, moving on real quick. Great job as North American champion. Great job. Adam Cole's contract expired in July. Apparently nobody knew about this, but he agreed to an extension through SummerSlam and TakeOver. (laughs) It is also rumored, no confirmation yet, but it is rumored that part of his short extension was a wave in his no-compete clause. 
like I said, the executives were surprised. They thought mm. he was, they thought he was locked down until January 2022. The rumor was AEW made a contract offer tonight. Tony Khan said that's not true, so believe what you want to believe there. But as it's the recording, no contract offer has been made. Tonight on SmackDown, there was a quote-unquote high-level meeting with Vince and Adam Cole themselves. Uh, Adam Cole isn't the oldest superstar whose contract is expiring. Pete Dunne is also on the clock. Now, what does the future hold for Adam Cole, baby? Especially after seeing all these roster cuts in NXT. Does he want to resign NXT? Does he want to resign with WWE? Like, what's going on here? Where, where do you see Adam Cole going next in the next couple of weeks? Personally, I, I couldn't see the morale being too high. But, you know, you know, other, other than for the fact that, you know, the locker room is getting a little more spacious and you could uh, yeah. <laughs> spread True. the old knees out a little bit. <laughs> more time on TV, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and what point does this become um that the wwe notices that all the buzz it receives from these uh mass firings that it, it almost fuels the fire and they, they realize that uh it's always a good shot in the arm for a pr to do these um salary dumps every so often and you know that, that becomes like a negative uh pandora's box that's now been opened where they want to keep uh doing like this six this list of six uh good luck on your future endeavors to get that you know shot in you know the mainstream news every so often you know oh look at these these mass firings you know instead of uh it's it's always strange that they they do in group firings too so that every they can really make sure that they hit all the bases a year ago, also before the pandemic, uh, the the roster was also like Vince was just grabbing people. He just wanted to just grab everybody. No, you can't have him. I'm, I'll take him. I'll right. take her. I, I just want everybody. Everybody's part of the WWE. So, so I think that part where the fact that they're releasing people in, in groups, um, I'm not surprised about that. Just because they have so many people in that on the roster that really have not really done much. Um, it's just a shame that a lot of great talent is being released and that they couldn't find something to do with them. Uh, with Adam Cole, though, I, I mean, he would be great to be a free agent to do whatever the fuck he wants. You know how much money he would make to go and say, I'm going to go to Japan for two years. I'm going to go to back to the ring on honor for a little time. I'm going to go to AEW, be there for a year, do a year in impact. And, you know, just Freedom. like, just, yeah. Like, you know, we say it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's, it's I think it's a great time to be a wrestler, you know. Uh, and, and I'm not saying just any wrestler, because there's definitely that type of wrestler who just goes out there and thinks they're going to do a promo on the internet, and I'm a wrestler now. But, <laughs> you, you, you know, those wrestlers who really, you know, they've quit their nine to five, they're doing this full time, they're, they're, they're saying, like, I'm doing this with all of my might, and if I fail, I fail, but it's with all my might. Like, I'm putting everything up on the line. Like, my mortgage, my car, my family, my, my wife, my kids, like, everything on the line because I have to make this work. Uh, someone like Adam Cole, someone like Braun Strowman, who, you know, like, they're going to go out there and they're going to make money, you know. Uh, I was recently listening to um, Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona, on Renee, Renee's podcast, and, and she was saying, he was saying that, I love this saying, and I'm going to steal it from him, but, you know, it takes crumbs to make crumb cake. So right now that's what Mike Cardona is doing. That's what I think would benefit Adam Cole. You know, go make your money everywhere and, event- and you're going to get a big crumb cake out of it. You know, don't just be settled with, I'm going to just stay in NXT. Or I'm going to sign a-, a deal with AEW, for example. Can they afford to lose Adam Cole, baby? 
the way the WWE plays it and has been playing it for years, I think ever since Dwayne decided to go Hollywood, is that Vince has just made everybody in, 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 indispensable. Like, you, you're not, you're That's never right. going to reach the status of Dwayne The Rock Johnson anymore. John Cena may have been the last one. Uh, because he's going to make you feel, yeah, he, he's going to make you feel like, you know, your spot is going to be taken by someone else. So if Adam Cole that leaves, who, who, who's next? Gargano? Gargano's going to step up to the plate. Austin Theory, you know, like the, he's got plenty of toys to play with. Right. Finally, another news, usually I have to end up on a high note, but unfortunately not this week. One half of the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton passed away at the age of 62 years old. Back in July 25th, it reported he was hospitalized after okay. suffering a fall. As of tonight, his exact cause of death is not known. But also, Jody Hamilton, better known as the Assassin, the man Jim Ross credited this week on AEW for getting him into wrestling, passed away at the age of 82. His cause of death has not been revealed at this time, but his son, retired referee Nick Patrick, revealed his circumstances at the time of passing were not painful. He died peacefully, surrounded by his people that he loved and his friends and family. So our condolences go out to the Eaton and Hamilton families. Oh, definitely. Proper respects for sure, man. That's all the news I have this week. Shannon, you got to go. You, where, uh, where can people find you on social medias? Uh, at World's Fair Productions on Instagram, at Shane Fair on Facebook, at Shane Karma on Twitter, and at Shane Karma on OnlyFans. Mm. Uh, no, I'm subscribing right now. I wouldn't do that to anybody. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, t- man. What's your Tinder, by the way? Oh, that's... Uh, well, I DM'd you. I sent you a link. <laughs> Slide right in there, baby. Slide that's right, right in. Things keep going at this rate. I'm going to have to set up a grinder. Hey. Tapping out. <laughs> Shay, before, hey. before we let you go real <laughs> no. quick, after the past year and a half that we had, how good was it stepping into a ring and announcing again? Oh, great. You know what I mean? Like, I uh, I worked all through the pandemic. Like, I, I, I never stopped. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I was still doing, you know. Oh yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't miss a beat. Kind of, uh, it feels a lot better now being vaccinated and everything like that. Big you know, I'm not yeah. gonna force that on anybody. I honestly, I wasn't really keen on it, but I wanted to go play in the reindeer games again. So uh, whatever, I took one for the team, and uh, I know that's probably a oh, he's a sheeple. See, it's that mentality right there. <laughs> But the main thing is, just whatever you choose, don't force it on anybody else. That's the beauty of this decision. You don't have to force it on anybody else. I'm not necessarily happy with my decision, but, like, I did it. And I wouldn't tell anyone to or not to. So, While I have you on before you head out, um, since we're still a part uh, in the news, uh, could you just um, either confirm or deny this rumor? Is Ranger Shane coming back? And if so, I glad. hope so. I hope so. <laughs> GoPro says that they have some stuff in mind, so I really hope we can uh, exercise that demon and I mean exercise, uh, have a seance and I guess bring him back and I, whatever the opposite would be. But yeah, I um, I really hope that uh, he'll be back. You know, it was, it was fun. It's been away yeah, long enough. I, I think it. he's yeah. We'll bring him back. I hope so. Well, Shane, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. And again, great job on basketball. Can't wait for uh, next year's. Thank you, gentlemen, and thank thank you also for sponsoring and being a part of it by sponsoring Sean Donovan. So you know, definitely one of those thank yous I'm not going to forget. So I appreciate you guys for believing in it and uh, sponsoring Sean Donovan, uh, team captain for the heels, who was victorious. So That's right, I appreciate it. We here at Shadow Wrestling pick winners. So apparently, <laughs> that chain. We'll see you soon, hopefully.
Thank you, Love guys. You, Thanks for giving me a Thanks format all along. Thank yeah. you, guys. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. You right, Green Man? Just me and you? Always great to catch up with Shane Fair, the voice of a shot of wrestling. Uh, Thanks for his time. Appreciate it. But we had an interesting week of TV. Shane O'Fair. We had an interesting week of TV, Green Man. What is your TV Takedown this week? Well, Michael J. Putty. You know, there, there was some good TV. I, 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 there was some, like, eh TV. You know, we usually talk about things that we really like. Like, I, I listen to Mark. Oh, I really like this. Or I listen to you. And you're like, oh, this was great. This was great. But sometimes in TV Takedown, we need to talk about just the things that created the conversation. And at the Villamar household over here, at the Green Man household, the match that created the most conversation between me and the missus was Jericho versus Juventud Guerrera of AEW Homecoming. First match of the night, my wife sits right down next to me to have dinner, and she's, like, looking at this, and she's like, oh, you've been watching more wrestling. I was like, yeah, I have been watching a lot more wrestling. I don't know if it's because of my injury and I'm, you know, home more, but, you know, or maybe the fans are back and it's getting better. I don't know. Jericho comes down. She goes like, oh, that's Chris Jericho. I was like, yes, it is. It is Chris Jericho. He looks fat and old. I was like, oh, yes, 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 he does. Yes, you know, it's been a while. I think he's like in his late 40s. And I'm here making excuses now for Chris Jericho. Like, you know, he's, he's an older guy. He's more of a mentor to these guys. He's, he's not really too much into his physique nowadays. He's also touring with Fozzie. Like, he's got a lot of things on his plate. I'm making excuses for the guy on why he's overweight and old. You know, I'm, I'm talking about his hair plugs. Uh, uh, and I'm trying to justify why the Ayatollah of rock and roller is still present in today's wrestling scene. And next thing comes down, Juventud Guerrero. And Juice comes down, and, and, and he he's, looks great for, for his age. It's, it's like WCW back in the, in the 90s again. It's great. And then the match starts. And then she's like, He's moving pretty slow. And I'm like, well, well, babe, you know, he, he's, he's also really old. And, and him and Chris Jericho used to have this rivalry back in WCW. And, and 20 years has gone by. So, you know, it's definitely going to slow you down. So this was the conversation. And this is why I bring this up on TV Takedown. Because Chris Jericho and Juventud Guerrero had a match. Not the best of matches. This match was hyped up. It was the start uh, of AEW. I saw the crowd. They were sitting down. They weren't into it. And, and it really reminded me of what people used to say about Hulk Hogan when he came back. How Hulk Hogan used to take a spot from the younger t- guys. The, the Randy Ortons of the world. The Batistas of the world. The John Cena's of the world. Why is Hulk Hogan getting that main event spot? But we get Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, you know? Why is Chris Jericho getting this spot? Michael J. Putty, do you have an answer to that? Nostalgia. AEW is based on nostalgia, especially with this labors shtick. So what better? And you w- like the labors. You... Yeah, that was a good concept. I mean, it's a good concept on paper, but watching it is fun and entertaining. But you know, Kuchero is going to win all these. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no suspense here. Kuchero is going to win all these. Kuchero is going to face MJF. It's just you got to sit back, relax, and enjoy. One of the things I constantly talk about the show is predictability. Yes, everything's predictable, but is it, is it entertaining? And so far, this has been entertaining. Do you think in the planning uh, of all, the, all these labors that the order of the labors were 
set to the way that they are being presented with Nick Gage being number one, uh, Huventu being number two, then you have uh, Warlow being number three in, in these labors. Or uh, do you think they had to switch things up? Because I, I kind of feel like the Nick Gage, the, the labor of Nick Gage should have been maybe one of the last labors. Like, you've gotten through everything. Now get through this motherfucker. This dude died. I think the other, came I, back. I this guy's death match. I think the other way, you, we went through a death match. But no, 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 there's still more shit to come. It's more of a punishment story. Yeah, but I feel like they're, they're falling flat. Like, if, I honestly feel like they're all the labors after Nick Gage are like, dude, I just had a match with Nick Gage in a death match where I, where I almost died. I think it's better. Uh, I think it's better storytelling. I, I could take Kuba to Guerrero. I think it's better storytelling. The fact that he put himself through this death match, something he's not used to, and went the limit with him, barely survived it. But yet, there's still more shit to come. Dust yourself off, buddy. There's more shit to come because many people think that would be the climax. But to start with that, I thought it was a smarter move. So, tells a better story. Off. Tells a better Kicks story. Like, oh, now now you're in pain. All these cuts and bruises. He came out with bandages and band aids. Yep, there's still more shit to come, buddy. I thought, was, I thought it was a better story yeah. going that way. I gotta be on, yeah. So as far as TV takedown, just the fact that I was justifying uh, the match, the this the art of the storytelling as well, and explaining to her, you know, this the story behind it, what he got to get to this match, and and why MJF has a Burberry scarf, which he doubted that it was real. Uh, at me, MJF, if 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 it is real, because my wife wants to know. I think it is. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, it, it, it was great to have, even though I don't think the match was as great as it could have been, as it could have been 20 years ago. Uh, I think the fact that they're making conversation is really important. And that's something that, you know, Hey, Wednesday night, I'm hanging out with my wife, I'm watching wrestling and she is talking to me about, one, knowing who Chris Jericho is and recognizing him, uh, but then also recognizing the pace of a match, uh, recognizing the art of the story behind it. Uh, I, I thought it was a great conversation. So TV takedown for Green Man right here is the uh, match between Chris Jericho and and the Juice. Now your wife coming out, your wife coming out and saying... Nice. Oh, oh, you're watching wrestling again. Was that kind of like an observational thing or like, oh, you're watching wrestling again? No, that's that's an observational thing. Because okay. for a while, I, and, I, and I've shared with you, I've also shared with my wife. Uh, my wife. You know, I've kind of fallen, my wife, I've fallen out of my connection with wrestling. And the way that I watch wrestling has also been different. You know, I would say this time last year, I was uh, solely just glued to like the internet, like internet watching clips, you know, what's, what's the buzz worthy moments of the night. Let me go watch that. Like, let me not worry about, by the way, Hulu freaking has rediscovered Monday night raw for me. Watch Monday night raw on Hulu, no commercials, two hours. They give you the hits and they take out all the stuff that doesn't matter. It's so great. Don't get used to it. The contract's better expiring. Better than DVR. Better than DVRing it. No, not what? Their, their contract is what? Expiring with Hulu, and uh, within the contract with currently with Peacock, they're assuming they might leave Hulu and go to Peacock. No. 
Well, then I really hope that they take the format from Hulu because literally Monday Night Raw, two hours, no commercials, and literally it's just the the matches that matter. Like they remove all the things that are really not even worth being on the show. It's great. Plus, it's, it's a great. It's a crazy contract because I I wanted to I missed NXT for some reason. My, my thing didn't record it, so I went to the network to watch it. It wasn't available, but it was available on Hulu. And it's something we me and Mark talked about a couple months ago. And I checked live checked it live on as we recorded. Yeah, the network. WWE Network has the shows three to four weeks later, but Hulu's the next day, mm-hmm. which is clutch. So I hope they keep that. If they go to Peacock, I hope it's still the next day because I'm not waiting three or four weeks to fucking watch something on the network and I I know everything happened already. Yeah, but Hulu's been awesome. Yeah, because Hulu has Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, main event. Hulu has everything, man. And so I hope they I hope they either stay with Hulu or move over to the Peacock. <laughs> move over to the Peacock. My wife. <laughs> I don't get. I don't get. What does that mean? Want, 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 want my wife to move over. To, want to explain that joke? My wife. Okay. TV takedown. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple here. Let's start off with Edge's promo with Seth Rollins tonight on SmackDown. Really good. Really good. I like how Rollins did the heel thing here, where he turned Edge down because he doesn't need to fucking deal with Edge. But then Edge got him riled up. By saying just Seth Rollins wants to be like Edge, which pissed Rollins off, of course, then accepted the match. Wrestling 101. Kind of feel like that better promo would have been a lot better if we did not just see this with Roman Reigns and John Cena, but whatever. Edge versus Seth Rollins is the match, one of the matches I'm looking forward to most at SummerSlam. I'm assuming these guys will have great chemistry together. I think this promo just cemented this rivalry and cemented this match for SummerSlam. Nothing. Okay, move on. Moving on. Did you watch <laughs> your that? TV takedown? I'm, I'm, I'm listening. Oh, did you want me to comment on your takedown? Did you want watch the show? That's how that goes. I Mark mentioned something. I comment. I mentioned the, something. Mark comments. Did you the, watch SmackDown tonight? Did you watch wrestling at all this week? I watch wrestling. Of course, I watch wrestling. Why are you winking at me? <laughs> Moving on, then. I'm listening to your takedown. I never thought I'd say I miss Mark. Man, this is fucking nuts. Something we talked about a couple months ago with the rivalry between the, Raquel Gonzalez and Rhea Ripley. They did a thing. I forgot the name of it. But they did a great video package surmising their friendship and what causes rivalry. So NXT video packages, talked about a couple of months ago with Mark, are uh, superior to anything. We don't know why the disconnect yes. between NXT and the main roster is, but whatever. And yes. this week proved it again. That great video summarizing the storyline between Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. Dakota made a lot of good points here. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, good for you. Yeah, I mean, we saw it coming. What her points were are logical, so they make sense. Were you heartbroken, by the way? No, you saw it coming. It's great. I felt for you. I was like, I was like, oh, it's, it's Mike's girl. She's getting torn apart. Yeah, but Raquel even said it herself. Dakota said it herself. Who's next? She beat everybody. This is the next logical step. Yeah. Okay. So they, then they followed up. I think. 20, 30 minutes later with that great video package for the NXT UK Championship between Walter and Dragunov. That match looked like it was going to steal the show at TakeOver. I mean, I didn't know nothing about these two guys, except Walter is a dominant champion for 400-something fucking days. I saw him at TakeOver with uh, Tommaso Ciampa a couple months ago. So I know he's good. But then they showed this match. I'm like, oh, man, this guy looks fucking awesome. NXT's video packages next to none. Again, Mark and I talked about it a couple months ago. Why can't they do this on the main roster? If they did this on the main roster, their pay-per-views would be much more interesting. 
I don't know. I, was gonna talk, I don't know what's I think on. we talked about that earlier, Michael J. Putty. When you talk about the main product, the whoever is in charge of creative is part of this, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mentality. Maybe. You know, where, where NXT is trying to get viewership, trying to get eyes on them, trying to do different things, trying to see what other people are doing that works for them. Like, let's try it here, but maybe jazz it up a little bit, maybe put our production value into it and, and enhance it and make it a little bit better. You know, I'm not surprised that NXT is engaging you on, on, the, video, on the video production of it. Um, it's just a shame that by the time you get to the WWE, Raw and SmackDown, it doesn't translate. Yet you have the same people working in your company. I watched AEW this week, and can I just say, like, whoa, who is Camille? NWA champion Camille. Wow. Six-foot goddess. I need to start watching NWA Power more often. Hey, man. Amazing. Can't wait, man. Camille versus whoever won that match. I wasn't even paying attention anymore. Layla Hirsch. Thank you. Legit, right? She towered over her. Legit. She's six foot something. Legit. Layla's what, five foot? Five foot one? What a great visual that was. Oh, my gosh. Let me share a personal story about uh, uh, Layla Hirsch and a shot of wrestling. It's it's interesting a year later that – we reached out to Leela Hirsch uh, about uh, having a conversation and bringing her on an interview. Uh, and this was right after, oh, maybe it would have been two years ago now, uh, DJ's Hyde's interview. Uh, okay. Because we interviewed DJ and he was like, you know, training, you know, the women wrestlers of the future, training and, and treating them kind of just as wrestlers, regardless of their gender. And like, that's his way of training. And he brought up, upcoming talent people to keep your eye on he said Layla Hirsch so I was like yeah no I totally get that I've seen her a lot more in a focal slot in in independent wrestling shows like she's you know moving her way into the higher tier of the card yeah let me reach out to Layla Hirsch so I reached out to Layla Hirsch I said you know um DJ speaks very highly of you uh seen a lot of your work I think you would be you're doing great things and I would love to talk to you on a shot of wrestling would you mind doing an interview with us Layla Hirsch replies, you know, I'm just getting started. I, I'm not doing podcasts at the moment because I'm still trying to learn my craft. Very humbly saying, you know, this is just the beginning. I'm not at the point like a year or two into, you know, really making an impact for me to start talking about my journey in a way. And I'm like, completely respect that. Let's talk, you know, let's keep in touch and we'll talk down the line. A year or two go by. Homegirls on, on AEW, like the girl is a star. You know, every, you know, I recognized it from, you know, once the conversation between me and DJ happened, saw her stuff, like instant star. And, you know, it's a shame that we didn't have that, that uh, conversation, but kudos to her. Kudos for, to her for now making that transition to NWA Power um, and having that that match, but, uh, you know, only, only great things for Layla Hirsch. So I just wanted to share that because I never share that with, I don't think I've shared that with you even. No, you haven't. First time hearing it. Yeah. And speaking of NWA power, something not in my notes was on impact this week. They announced Deanna Perrazzo versus Molina for the impact championship on NWA impact, the all women show. So that is just something now I might have to start watching NWA power. For the uh, pay-per-view. Did I just say, Melina doesn't age. Oh, yeah. my God. The girl looks 
like she did in her WWE M&M days. And oh I'm, my gosh, she, she does the splits, and we've met her in person. She's yeah. beautiful. I met her twice within a couple months, and it's somehow she looks younger and hotter now yeah. than I met her like, like two years ago. How is yeah. Beautiful woman. Beautiful. beautiful so woman. nice. I love Melina. So such a nice person also just to have a conversation yeah, like she's sweetheart. so easy to talk to yeah, very easy to talk to. um super cool girl yeah so best of luck very there. sweetheart is the exact word to describe her um speaking of uh uh debuts and how about our girl savannah evans good friend of the show here shot of wrestling she's participated in an interview here um i am so happy to see her on impact wrestling so happy i've been like People have been sleeping on, I think, Savannah Evans for at least over a year now because that girl was TV ready. I think it's a great place for her to be in Impact Wrestling. I think it's a great place for her to be with with um, Tasha Steeles. Um, the look with the Army Fatigue jumper and the Timberland boots towering over every, like, uh, Kira Hogan. Like, she just looked dominating. It kind of reminded me of like when uh, Maria Manic debuted for a Ring of Honor, like that big, like Amazonian woman, like there to take control and take charge. Like you know, like this is the type of woman you want to watch your back. And something I watched during the uh, Slamversary pre-show, Scott Demore was talking about Impact, and they went over the history of Impact. And something he mentioned was how Impact is a place for people to come to create a character. We don't tell you a character to be. We don't tell you what to say. We work with the wrestlers, we work with the performers to not only create a character, but help them evolve into something that they want to be. And I think this is a great fit for Savannah Evans. I think this is a great place, her with, working with that Impact team, to help her create her character, to help her get better in the ring, better on national TV exposure. And then I think the sky's the limit for her here. I think the Impact's a great launching pad for her. And uh, her, p- pairing her with Tasha Steeles, perfect. Absolutely. They're very familiar with each other. They've worked the independent circuit in our area for many years. Uh, so I think it's a great pairing. Uh, again, Michael J. Putty, you've said it plenty of times. Impact's women's division is top-notch. And my last bit of TV takedown, again, a personal note here, is uh, someone I was rooting for, following, but unfortunately came up short. Joe Gacy in the NXT breakout tournament. He lost. His loss made sense. His opponent... I feel like we'll excel better in the tournament, but Joe Gacy's showed up, showed out, and I think the sky's the limit for this man. I'm looking forward to following his career in NXT going forward because I mentioned a couple weeks ago, a lot of people in NXT tournament in 2019, the breakout tournament in 2019, I should say, are still superstars. So whoever won that tournament, great point. not only benefited, but everyone else benefited for just being in that tournament. And I think Joe Gacy's one of the benefactors here. I think we'll see a lot more of him in the upcoming year, the second half of the year, I should say. And uh, Joe Gacy is a good friend of ours, good friend of the show. We've seen him in his career many places. BCW, we saw him in HOG. We've seen him a couple of places. And uh, I'm looking forward to following his career. Again, it was something we talked about We're throughout the whole show. We're here from the very beginning. Something we talked about the show is what the great thing is about indie wrestling. You, you, you find these guys, become fans of these guys. In some cases, you become friends with these guys. And a year or two time, they're in the main national stage. And this is the perfect scenario with that. So now we got, not only am I a fan of his, but personally, we're invested in him. We want to see him succeed. So best of luck to Joe Gacy in the future on NXT. I, I think the future is very bright for Joe. Like you, 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 you very adequately uh, explain the importance of the NXT breakout tournament. Uh, you don't have to be the winner 
uh, but being in it uh, is your breakout moment. And I think NXT is the right place for Joe. NXT is the right place for Joe to continue developing his craft, continue to learn from great leaders like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and, you know, the veterans of the game there. Uh, so I'm looking to seeing a, a whole lot more of Joe, a whole lot more. And there are two or three people, including Carmelo Hayes and the guy Joe Gacy lost to, whose name I'm blanking out on, have been featured on WBTV. They've been featured on NXT before. There's a small number of people vacancies open for this tournament. But the fact that Triple H and NXT felt enough confidence in Joe Gacy to feature him in this tournament to get his name on national TV says something about their belief in him too. So again, best of luck to Joe Gacy in the future. Uh, on that note, let's get some go-home thoughts. Great, man, what do you got for me this week? Go-home thoughts? Sit. The show's already over? Yeah, man, time to go home. Uh, time flies when you're having a good time, man. Um, it was great uh, to be back home on a shot of wrestling, especially with Michael J. Putty and uh, Shane Fair. Uh, again, basketball, such a great event. Make sure you're following Shane Fair and all his social medias because there's a great thing that he's done. Also, he is a great ring announcer. There's a reason that we use him in our bumpers for our show. Um, you know, he's one of the future announcers, so keep an eye on him. He started very humbly from early beginnings with Capital Wrestling at their announcer search. And look at him now, you know, just a few years down the line, you know, making great relationships with everybody in the professional wrestling scene. But Michael J. Putty, I am, like, last time I was with you, I let you know that I got hit by a cab. Um, so the road to recovery it's actually going a lot slower than I anticipated. I thought by now I'd be like back into, not necessarily back into the swing of things, but at least I'll be not so reliant on my crutches. But it, things are going slow, man. So it's it's kind of sad because there's a lot of things that I'll be missing out on. For example, basketball, which just passed uh, about a week or two ago, I uh, wasn't able to attend. Uh, and now there's some great professional wrestling. Like, for example, this weekend, BXS has a great show that I would have loved to go check out, especially with you, because your boy Moose is going to be making his BSX debut. Oh, Our boy Dominic, Dominic De Niro has a match. Uh, Gabriel Sky has a match. Tristan Ty is returning. Like, this would have been the show for you and, and I to have a good time at and just, like, good old days, just enjoy wrestling, have a couple shots of wrestling. It would have been great. Um, but unfortunately, by the time you're listening to this show, the show would have already passed. So let's focus on the future. We Are Wrestling. It's a new promotion. I don't know if you've been following them, but they are. Um, they have a show coming up this upcoming week. Maybe you want to go check that out. I hear Anthony Green is going to be, uh, you know, recently released from WWE, making his debut back into our area. We love Anthony Green, so go check him out. So, yeah, a lot of great independent wrestling is going on in your backyard, so check it out. While we're talking, I'm watching the Olympics on our TV. The United States men's basketball team just won the gold medal, beating France. Congratulations to them. The gold medal on our tally. Leading the medal count, as always. USA all the way, buddy. USA all the way. What is your best uh, Olympic moment so far? I've been watching the Olympics a lot. It's great to keep on the background on my TV because it's on all the fucking time because it's in Japan. Yeah. Japan's 13 hours ahead of us. So I watch the men's basketball just now as we're talking live because it's only like 1 o'clock in the afternoon there. It's around 12 o'clock here at night. Uh, so Big Japan is great because you have stuff during the day that's live and also at night that's live. It's a great timetable here. Last week, Marcus asked me, 
is wrestling still a thing? I told him yes, I believe it is because mm-hmm. it's the first, it's the oldest Olympic event. So I'm assuming it's the, also the first Olympic event. Wrestling was canceled for 2020, but it was brought back for some reason. There's some saving grace. They brought it back for the 2020 Olympics, thankfully. So I'll be keeping an eye on it. I'm a mark for wrestling. United States won some gold medals, Green Man. Yeah. In the 86 kilograms division, David Taylor won. In the 68 kilograms, Tamira Mensa won gold. The 76 kilograms silver medal went to Adeline Gray. And in my one of my favorite moments of this Olympic events for the last two weeks, you asked me about earlier. In the 125 kilogram division, Gable Stevenson won gold medal. Did you hear about this guy? Does his name ring a bell to you, Green Man? Have you been following the Olympics at all? No. No. Who is this? Gable Stevenson won gold medal. Stevenson trailed Georgia's Gino Petra something. I can't pronounce that name. Eight points to five. Because in this freestyle wrestling, it's, it's a point-based system. So in the gold medal mm-hmm. match, Green Man, Gable was losing eight to five with just 10 seconds left. He delivered a spin-ahead takedown with, and then another takedown with less than one second left. I think there's 0.6 seconds left to win 10 to eight. I've never seen any wrestling match, any Olympic match win with 0.6 seconds left. This guy gained five points in 10 seconds. In a wrestling match for a gold medal, which is mind-blowing because points are not hard to... <laughs> Using wrestling matches, it's a low-scoring affair. Oh, man. And then, of course, you throw back to Kurt Angle winning the gold medal. So he was asked about his future in wrestling. Gable noted that he isn't ready to make the move yet because he's, quote-unquote, living in the moment. He plans to return to Minnesota to decompress before making any decisions. Stevenson has known Paul Heyman since junior high school. And one of his mentors really? is Brock Lesnar. He, no often, he often tweets about WWE. He has attended several events. He was featured on screen sitting next to Stephanie McMahon during TakeOver Stand and Deliver WrestleMania weekend. So Gable Stevenson, Olympic gold medalist, in a mind-blowing fashion. Ten seconds left, he wins a gold medal. It's fucking amazing. Go check it out on YouTube. Worth watching. I watched it like three times today alone. So keep that name on your mind because you'll probably hear a lot more about it. Whether WWE, maybe AW, Impact, I don't know, but that guy has a bright future in wrestling. So congratulations to everybody who won gold medals. Wrestling is still a thing. Hoping it's still a thing in four more years because, again, it's the oldest fucking sport in Olympic history. They, they, they got to keep it. It's, it's the most exciting sport, too. Yes. It's better than fucking watching synchronized swimming. Come on. Come on. Synchronized swimming, by the way, they've been as outstanding. How do like, they the do that? that? I've been seeing them. How do they do that? <laughs> how, right. how do you launch I'm somebody amazed. five, six feet in the air without touching the fucking ground? Same thing with water polo. Water polo, they're not allowed to touch the floor in water polo. So if you're swimming up and down that pool length, I understand that. But how does a goalie just maintain water for the fucking hour that matches? It's amazing. They're fucking freaks of nature. Um, But just like we've, I mean, we've talked about other sports like baseball and basketball um, being booked like a wrestling show. Um, But the Olympics, too, in in a way, I know these these are real sports. They're not predetermined. But they're filled with so many great moments. And that's what wrestling is all about. It's really all about the moments. And, you know, you, you, you're mentioning the moment in that wrestling match and why that moment became special to you. And that's what you're remembering. You don't remember all the other stuff, you know, no, but yeah. what makes ma- that match important? You know, the moment for me in the Olympics so far has been um, when Italy and Qatar, uh, the two guys who shared the gold medal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Did you see that one? I jump or pole vaulting? Yep. Gianmarco Tamberi from Italy 
and Mutaz Azaf Barzheem from Qatar right. both took the gold for the men's high jump. And they both went head to head. They both tied. They were supposed to go, if Ego got into it, they were supposed to go to a, to break to break the tie. You know, so the judge approaches them and then the guy from Qatar says, you know, could we share the gold medal? And then and then the judge is like, well, that that's an option. And he's like, so let's share the gold medal. And you can literally hear the guy saying to the guy from Italy, like, let's make history. I was like, that's that's wrestling. That's when you talk about WrestleMania moments, you know, you go out there to try to make history, to try to make an impact and try to make those moments. And those are the things that I remember. So um, great things going on in the Olympics. Great, great things. Awesome. Awesome to watch. I mean, you. I'm enjoying them as well, my friend. I mean, you are gambling men, Green Man. Now, if that was us, we had a gold medal in our hands with somebody else. <laughs> do we take the given gold medal, or do we go for sole possession of the gold medal but risk winning a silver medal? Deal or no you, deal, bro? The thought that the only re- okay, so this is the thought that came to my mind right after Italy and Qatar both decided to share that gold medal and both make history. Yeah. If it was anybody from the USA, just the way we are built, we would want to do a jump off. Hmm. We're so competitive. We don't share. We, we want to be the best. We're a country of capitalists, wasteful human beings. Like we just want more. And even when we get more, we want more than more. Like, it's just the way we are. <laughs> it's sad to say, but I think if if it was someone from the U.S. in that same position, we would have said, okay, let's, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Let's go do this jump off, and I'm going to beat your ass. As the song goes, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? America, fuck yeah. Hooters, SummerSlam, watch party, yeah. Vince Russo's involved, too. Holy shit, breaking news. We got to end it with this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't been following us on all forms of social media, Vince Russo has decided to take over our Hooters watch party as the virtual GM. AJ Pan apparently and Vince Russo and Hooters and Shot of Wrestling and Jimmy J are all coming together to throw a kick-ass watch party. Please make sure you RSVP. The link is in our bio on our Instagram. You could also follow us on Facebook. It's by donation. So if you want to give $5, $10 to book your reservation, all the money will be used to make the event better with raffles and giveaways, um, free jello shots, whatever it takes. We're going to have a great time on Saturday, August 21st. Uh, the venue is outdoors, so if you guys are concerned about us keeping a, uh, a COVID-friendly environment, we will. Uh, the seats are very limited, and it is an outdoor venue. So we have secured the outdoor area in that Hooters for Summer Sun. Can't wait to make sure you're there. Hooters Fresh Metals Queens, August 21st. Hosted by AJ Pan, The guiding light. Mine and yours. And someday soon, Mark Schwann. <laughs> Before we wrap up real quick, I've been at my job, or I mentioned earlier, for 20 years. Another coworker of mine who's been there, who just started before I did, who's been for 20 years as well, is starting to get into podcasts. 
for some reason, she wants to listen to this podcast, even though she doesn't listen to wrestling at all, watch wrestling at all. So I got her to listen to last week's show. She told me she'll listen to this week's show, too. So I told her I'm going to drop a password. This week's password is pineapple. If you're listening, next time I see you at work, just tell me pineapple, and I'll notice you listen to the fucking show, because I don't believe you fucking will. <laughs> pineapple. If you want to take it a step further, if you want to take it a step further, Michael J. Putty loves uh, Hawaiian pizza. So that's, go that's order fake him news. a slice that's, that's uh, fake news. of that's pizza fake, that's, with pineapple. Anybody who knows we know that's fake news, so don't fucking try to do that. He loves it. He loves it. I love it. And I and I love you for that. I love how I am. So for sh- the voice of a pizza shot of wrestling, Shane Fair. So good. You heard him earlier talking about his social media. Make sure you give him a follow. It's definitely worth checking out. And make sure you stay up to the news on Basketball 2 coming in 2022. Greenman, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow you? Just, uh, just Instagram. I'm not as active of a, just Instagram. What's your Instagram, <laughs> I should say? I'm not as active as I used to be. I do run the Shot of Wrestling um, uh, Instagram page, but if you want to see all my hijinks from the past of the Green Man, you can follow Green Man at greenman.sow. I've been your host at Monkey Jake Putty. Until next week. Putty, yep. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs>